Put your hand together and give God a praise. And say hallelujah. Put them together and give God a praise and say thank you. Stand with me. We're going to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 4. 1 Samuel, chapter 4, and verse 1. The word of the Lord, the, the word of Samuel, rather, came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitch beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines pitched in Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore have the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us that when it cometh among us it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shallow that they might bring from this the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts which dwelt between the cherubims and the two sons of Eli Hephni and Phinehas were there with the ark of the covenant of God and when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp all of Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang and when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout they said what meaneth that noise of the great shout in the camp of the Hebrews and they understood that the ark of the Lord was come in to the camp and the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is coming to the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there has not been such a thing thereunto. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hands of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourself like men, O ye Philistine, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourself like men and fight. And the Philistines fought. Israel was smitten, and they fled every man unto his tent. And there was a very great slaughter, for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. And the ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Ethni and Phinehas were slain. And uh, there ran a man of the Benjamites of the army and came to Shallow the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. Follow me. And when he came, lo, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside watching for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it all the city, cried out. And when Elijah heard the noise of crying, he said, what meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli. Now Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said to him, Eli, I am he that came out of the army and I fled today out of the army. And he said, what 
Is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines. There has been also a great slaughter among the people, and the two sons also have not Philistines are dead. And the ark of God is taken. Verse 18, and it came to pass when they made mention of the ark of God that he fell from off the seat backwards by the side of the gate and his neck break. And he died for he was an old man and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. Listen, and his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child near the delivered. And when she heard the things that the ark of God was taken and her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed for her pains came upon her. And about that time, her death, the woman stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did regard it. In the name of the child was Ichabod, because the glory of the Lord uh, departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. Then she said, The glory of the glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. You may be seated. I want you to grab somebody by the hand and look them in the eye and tell them the devil wants your testimony. Tell them he wants your testimony. Please hear me good. Uh, and I'm asking again for your undivided attention as we reach forward to getting what God has for us during this revival. And this is not just a revival, but it's a revival of your soul and your spirit and your mind coming back to the Lord. Exodus 30 and 6 gives us another name for this piece of furniture that they use. It is called in Exodus 30 and 6. And thou shalt put in before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with thee. This particular piece of furniture that they had was also known as the ark of the testimony. It was a powerful piece of furniture. It was awkwardly made. It had on it two angels, an angel on one side and an angel on another side and a seat in the middle. This piece of furniture was made out of shintum wood. And then it was covered in gold. Inside of this peculiar piece of furniture were three items according to Hebrews. It was like a treasure chest made just like this but it would have two angels on each side. They would carry this and in the middle was a seat. This was God's seat. 
Somebody say hallelujah. And whenever the priest would go into the holies of holies, in the middle of this thing called the testimony, God would come and sit down in the middle to receive the sacrifices from Israel from this thing called the mercy seat. And there was a replica on earth. This was this seat on earth, uh, this piece of furniture on earth was made like the throne of heaven. This is why we don't believe this message that there are two other gods beside Jesus. Because the Bible said he told him when he was in building and construction of this piece of furniture, I want you to see that you make it after the pattern that I showed you in the mount, just like the heavenly tabernacle. And I want you to make a tabernacle that had a outer court, an inner court, and most holy, which represented the first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven. And this piece of furniture is set in the back room of the tabernacle, the holies of holies. And there were no other gods beside it. There were two angels. So in heaven, the throne of God doesn't have a sun over here and a Holy Ghost over here. There are two angels on each side of it. Somebody say hallelujah. I wish I had somebody who was a witness here. God, I have a desk at home. I have a desk in Valdosta. I have a desk, hallelujah, in Mississippi. I don't sit on them at all times. And just when I'm in town doing business, I sit in my desk. Now, God's got thrones everywhere, even though heaven is his throne. And whenever God would go in the tabernacle to do business, glory to God, he would sit down in that throne in the tabernacle. But in the middle of that seat, there were two angels. In the middle, on both sides of that seat were two angels because God was trying to show us something. If I'm going to sit down, you got to have some praises around me. Angels sing and angels praise. I won't sit nowhere where I don't have a praise secretary that know how to praise me. Because he wanted you to know that the day is going to come that you're going to need him to get in your business. Glory to God. And if you want God to get in your business, give me some praises. Because God sits down where the praises are. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Wherever there's a praise, there is a mercy seat. Wherever there's a praise, there's somewhere for God to sit. I wish I had somebody around here that will give God a desk to work with. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You sitting down with your cute self. 
That's why God ain't moving for you because you're too cute. But if you want God to sit down, get me some praisers. God sits down where praisers are. Oh, glory to God. How many of you need God to do some business in your house? How many need God to do some business in your job? That's what he meant. But two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. He uses the number two or three because there were three angels. Michael, Gabriel, hallelujah, and Lucifer. This would have had three seats. One there, one there, and one there. Hallelujah. He said two or three because I want the devil to know I don't need three. So because you stop praising me don't mean I don't have a praiser. All I need is about two or three. And so I can get rid of you Satan and still have a seat. Glory to God somebody. So because you backed up don't mean I don't have a seat. I got Michael, hallelujah, and Gabriel, and then I'm going to raise up some human angels called the angel of the church, and they'll show humans how to praise me. Can I get somebody around here to say hallelujah? Hallelujah. I dare everybody in this building to go off in a praise right now. Regardless of what you're doing, go on a praise right now. The other day, I came in my office, and I'm so grateful for Sister Sherry and Scylla. Scylla had cleaned my office, and Sherry had all these papers and bills and tax papers and everything laying on my desk. When I got there, they were waiting on me. Hallelujah. And I got there and I took them and I took them back and put them on her desk. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you ought to have a desk for God. My God, and if you praise God, then lay it on his desk. Praise God and put your child problem on his desk. Praise God and put the sickness problem on his desk. But you got to have a desk first. You got to have a seat first. So I dare you to praise God and then put that prayer request on the desk when you get through praising God. I dare you to open your mouth and say hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Lord I praise you. Somebody ought to give him a praise. Israel didn't know how important this piece of furniture was. And so they went to battle with the Philistines. They thought, you see, every other battle that they had won because they had that ark with them, but they thought that their skills were good. And so this time when they went to battle in the Philistines, they left the Ark of the Covenant in shallow. They left it in shallow. And I don't care how many battles you go to fight. See, they thought that they were winning these battles on their own. 
They thought it was their bow and arrow and their rocks. They didn't realize the true ammunition was in the ark. And going up against the devil without God is like going and getting all your guns and fighting, but you don't have no ammunition. And every now and then, we get a little proud. And God starts blessing us, and we act like we don't need no prayer. God starts blessing us, we act like we don't need no fasting. And every now and then, God will let you go out there on your own and get beat. So you will understand that you need God. And so they went out there, and the Philistines put a beat down on them. I mean, he, they beat them, and they lost about 4,000 men. They got whipped real good. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. And when they start getting beat and whipped, somebody said, go and fetch the Ark of the Covenant. You don't want to go fetch it when you get in trouble. You need to have it. Some of y'all wait till you get in hell to pray. You gotta pray before hell come. You wait to get a relationship with God, amen, while something is going on, but have it ready because the devil is gonna attack you. And they began to attack the children of Israel and they lost 4,000 people. But Israel knew where their victory was. It was in this ark of the testimony. And the Bible says when they brought that ark of the testimony in, hallelujah, the Hebrews began to praise God. They began to shout. And the Philistines say, what is this noise that we're hearing? And somebody said, that's the ark of the covenant. They have brought God's seat in. And he's getting ready to sit down. And God is fitting to come amongst them. And the Philistines say, isn't that the God that whipped those folk in Egypt? Isn't that the God that put all those pledges in there? They say, yeah. And they got a seat and he's getting ready to sit down. They say, well, go and get the seat. Praise the Lord. And he said, don't focus on the Israelites. Get the seat. Because then we can whip them anytime. But this God that they talk about finna come sit down, move this seat. Hallelujah. Because if that God ever come in their midst, we're going to be defeated. Can I tell you something? The devil is not after your car. He's not after your house. He's not after your job. But the devil is after God's seat. He's after that testimony. He's after that praise. Because that's what draws God to your condition. So why you think it is your car and it's your house and it's your job? Well, God don't sit in no car. God don't ride no Lexus. God don't ride no Cadillac. God is too big for your four-bedroom house. But God inhabit the praise. And God is where their testimony. And if God, if the devil can take your testimony, if he can take your praise, he can take God's seat. And the devil start fighting against, the, uh, uh, against Israel and say, take the seat. Move it. Get it out of there. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them the devil wants your testimony. Hallelujah. Tell him he wants your praise. 
general thought that it was just a seat. But the Ark of the Covenant was unique. Inside of that was where the power was. There were three components inside of that tabernacle, of that, uh, that testimony that also attracted God. One was the table that God wrote the commandments on. Those tablets, hallelujah, that God wrote with his finger the second time they were sitting in that tabernacle. At that time, that was the doctrine of Israel. That was the message of Israel, the law of Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That carries power. Hallelujah. The apostolic doctrine carries power. Praise the Lord. When the demons is cast out, they say, what new doctrine is this? Hallelujah. Because this doctrine brings power. Hallelujah. When you preach Jesus, it brings power. Hallelujah. You can preach these get rich quick messages and these prosperity messages, but there's no power in that. But Paul said we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There's a message with power. Hallelujah. They had the covenant. Then they had that bread from heaven, that fresh manna. It is good to have the scriptures, but that revelation, that fresh bread, they had that in there. And lastly, they had Aaron's rod, discipline. Hallelujah. There are some victories that you have because you have some leadership, some discipline. People don't like instructions now. Don't want nobody to tell them nothing now. They don't mind the manner in the Bible, but they don't want no discipline. They don't want nobody to get nothing and whip them with them in a rod. But he had a rod in there. And if you lose those three things, you lose the power. The Philistines went and said, Let's go and get the ark. That's the secret of their success. Our problem was they had two people keeping the ark that wasn't worthy. Hallelujah. Two of Eli's sons. Hallelujah. Phineas. Hapnia. These two guys were in charge of keeping the ark. Keeping that praise furniture and that testimony furniture. Everybody can be trusted with God's praise. Everybody can be trusted with God's furniture. These boys was taking bribes. They didn't care anything about the ministry. They only wanted what they could get out of it. And there's a lot of people only want what they can get out of God. But there's some of us that value the presence of God. That values God's seat. That values God coming in the midst of us. Do you know how blessed it is for you to play and sing and God come in the midst? 
and you feel God's presence, that's the reward of ministry. I thank God for our CDs and I thank God for everything that happened, but to have God's doorbell, to have God's doorbell, and to knock and God answers. I'm appreciative for your singing and we thank God for all of the backing that people give you. Thank God for the love gifts and the offerings and the things that come. But what is most essential for God and praise is that God shows up. Amen. Praise the Lord. All these rappers and RBN singers, they can sing, but everybody can't get God's attention. When you can sing and preach and pray and God comes in the midst, that's something to be able to get the attention of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Half nine and finad, they didn't appreciate that. They couldn't deal with that. And the Philistines say, let's go get it. When the Philistines got it, and Eli, who's 98 years old, heard, hallelujah, that the ark was covered that was taken. He didn't care anything about his sons, not like that. He wasn't worried when he heard about his two sons because he understood the victory of Israel was not in his two sons. But I can lose my sons and we can still have victory. But we can't lose the presence of God and have victory. He valued the fact that the ark was there. But when he heard that his sons were there, he didn't focus on the sons. I think a lot of us, we focus on the wrong losses in our lives. Listen, you are going to lose some things in life, but I can afford to lose my sons, I can afford to lose my daughters, I can afford to lose friends, but I can't afford to lose the presence of God. And some of y'all coming to church, you're more concerned about losing your job than losing your prayer life because you will weep and moan and have a depressing fit when you lost a job, or friends won't talk to you, or husband walk out on you, but here you are, don't have a prayer life, you ain't depressed about that you done missed 22 prayer meetings and you are not depressed about that but Mike didn't call you two days and you while here can't eat can't sleep can't drink cause you don't know what's gonna happen in your job isn't the presence of God more valuable than you than some friend some job or some car amen God's presence is important I have watched a lot of y'all come in this church depressed about a lot of things. Depressed about your job. Depressed about your children. Depressed about your cars and your houses and your family. And you come here and you just sit and moan and cry in God's presence because of these material things but you haven't failed God hadn't shouted in the last six months haven't been to a prayer meeting and that don't depress you and that ain't got you down if you don't feel the presence of God you ought to be in a state saying I'm searching for you I'm looking for you because there's more to life than having a good job and having friends and money if I wake up and can't feel God I'm in trouble David said 
said to the Lord when he had sinned, you can take this position, you can take this castle, but whatever you do, don't take your joy, don't take your spirit. Ought to reach over and tell somebody you're weeping about the wrong thing. You're crying about the wrong thing. You're pouting about the wrong thing. You've been saving. You ain't spoken tongue in three years. And you ain't sad about that. You ain't had no joy in three years. You haven't ran around the church in three years. You haven't felt the presence of God. And you come Sunday after Sunday and Monday after Monday and you just sit there. And you mean to tell me that don't bother you? You ain't troubled about that. You can't feel God. Ain't heard from God. Somebody ought to be worried. But you're worried about your car. You're worried about your house. You're worried about your job. And got a nerve to pray to the God that you can't even feel about a car. You don't care nothing about him. You're going to ask him to give you material things and don't even have a relationship with him because you want more, 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 more. You want a house, but you don't want him. You want a job, but you don't want him. But somebody ought to tell the Lord tonight, I don't care about no car. I don't care about no job. I don't care about no house. I want to feel you again. I want to touch again. I want my joy again. I want my shout again. Eli heard. Hold on, my son, He heard. He heard that the ark was going. He said, I don't want to even live no more. He fell backwards and broke his neck. Then the news got to his wife, to one of the boy's wives that was pregnant. She was about to deliver. They said, your husband is dead. She still lived. But they said, and the ark of the Lord is taken. When she heard that, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. She died. They didn't value it when they had it because they had it in shallow. There's some things that you don't value about God but when you need them, nobody values, amen, a spare tire until you get a flat. Some of y'all act like you don't want God, but you're going to need him when that cancer hits your body. Oh, go ahead with your little high mind self and walk in the church like you don't need God. You're going to need him when that sickness hits you. You're going to need him when you're about to go crazy. God's got a way of making himself be reveling in your life. God's got a way of, I know that some of you all are acting like you're all of that. You don't need God. And even some of you sinners and backsliders, you just got such a stuck up snobby, amen, stiff neck attitude like you don't 
don't need God, but that's all right. I don't care what kind of car you ride. You might be in a Bentley. You may be in a Rolls, but when that tire gets flat, you got to go back to the top of the back of the truck. God said, I'm going to flatten your tire. Miss all of that. I'm going to flatten your tire, Mr. Tapper. And when I get through, you're going to be the Monday night prayer. When I get through you, I'm going to put some old hell on you that you're going to seek me. You godless people. Don't want it. Got him sitting somewhere in shallow. God ain't got nothing to do, nothing to you but get one good doctor report. And he will become revelant in your life again. He don't have to do nothing but let that COVID hit your lung one time. And he will become revelant again. Don't let God make himself important in your life. Don't let God send some Philistines in your life and beat you down and take something before you realize you need God. Somebody better go get God out of shallow before the battle began. Somebody better go get that ark before trouble comes. Hold on, my Shonda. Philistines went in there. And all of a sudden, this thing that wasn't important becomes important again. Glory to God, somebody. Somebody here tonight don't value the ark. Don't value the praise. Don't value the testimony. Oh, hallelujah, but I value God's presence. Is there anybody that value the presence of God and thank God for being able to feel him and touch him? Why don't you give God a praise right now? Give God the glory right now. Give God a thanks right now. God, I praise you. In a hurry, they said, go and fetch. Go fetch this. Hallelujah. Go fetch this piece of furniture. But they got it there too late. I hope you don't wait too late to go and get, hallelujah, the Ark of the Covenant. And the Philistines saw it, and the Philistines say, take it. Don't worry about them. Don't fight. Fight to take it. While other people was fighting for cities, the Philistines say, give us, hallelujah, the ark. Because there's something about a testimony that causes a person to overcome. The Lord was speaking to me while I was in Georgia, and he said, why have you cut out the testimony service? Bring testimony service back. And I said, Lord, I cut it out because they like to do sermonettes. They want to pull a scripture in testimony service. Want to hum. No, 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 no. He said, well, teach them how to testify. Don't stop the service. Show them how to tell a testimony. And he gave me this scripture, Revelation chapter 12. Hallelujah. In 11, and they overcame him by 
the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. Now, just like the Ark of the Covenant had in it, the testimony of Israel, God say, you got a testimony. And I'm so glad I don't have to go get no box today for me to have a testimony. I don't have to carry this thing around to have a testimony. He said, because now all you need to overcome is the blood, hallelujah, in your testimony. The testimony now is in your mouth, hallelujah, and you will overcome if you can testify that you're overcoming. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, so many saints have lost their testimony. They don't testify anymore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, I still have a testimony. Glory to God. Tell them, I still have a testimony. And there is a difference between a testimony and a praise report. I don't know if we really define what a testimony is. A testimony is not what God has done for you. A testimony is what you expect to happen. Amen. If you look around in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, hallelujah, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch testified before his translation. If you want to be translated or go higher, you need to have a testimony before that translation takes place. When you talk to the average saint, they talk so much of defeat. They talk so much about what they've been through. There is no room for God to move. But I need a saint that still have a testimony of what God is capable of doing and what God will do and what God has done in your life. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell somebody I still got a testimony. Amen. Pray the Lord. Sometimes the enemy will fight you. And many people are being fought in the church. He'll fight you with your struggles. He'll fight you with your sins. He'll fight you with your battles. And what I found, there are many people who are battling in their spiritual life and when they fall into a place in their spiritual life where it feels like they're failing, they tell people, I ain't saved no more. I'm not saved no more. I'm not. Listen, let me tell you, you may make some errors. You may make some mistakes. You may make some slides. But that doesn't mean that you lose your testimony. Amen. You got to know that even if you've fallen, it doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to be saved because when you ask God to forgive you, God cleans that record. And what the devil is doing to many saints, they've just adjusted and said, I'm not saved anymore. You've got to get your testimony back and tell the devil, yes, I've had some mistakes. Yes, I've fallen, but I'm getting back up and I'm telling the devil, I am saved. I am I'm struggling, I'm weak, but I'm saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I still have my testimony. 
Can you give God a praise and say hallelujah? Tell somebody I still have a testimony. Praise the Lord. And I tell you the devil is trying to steal that. He's trying to take that from you. He's trying to take that out of your mouth that says I have the victory. He's trying to take that out of your mouth that you're water baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongue. Tell somebody I still have the Holy Ghost. I still have it. I still have power. I still have peace. I still have joy. And I refuse to let the devil take my testimony. I'm going to open my mouth again and say I am saved. I have the victory. I'm not defeated. Somebody shout it out of your mouth. Give a testimony right here of the power of God in your life. His battle, his battle is to make you say something out of your mouth. All that hell that amen Job went through, all that hell that he went through was for something to come out of his mouth. That was the deal that Job made with God, that, that Satan tried to make with God. He said to the Lord, Hallelujah. Just let all of these things come in. And I promise you that he will curse you to your face. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Grab somebody's hand and tell them I won't take it back. Tell them I'm saved and delivered and I refuse to take it back. Hallelujah. Tell them I got a testimony. And I refuse to take it back. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise. Somebody ought to praise him. Job 1 and 11. Satan said, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has. And he will curse thee to thy face. All of the hell that the enemy is doing is trying to get something to come out of your mouth that's negative against your salvation. Trying to get you to open your mouth and say being saved is miserable. Trying to get you to open your mouth and say I can't take no more of this. He's fighting for that because if he can get the curse out of your mouth, amen, you've lost the battle. But I need a saint of God who's here tonight to open your mouth and say, I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. Tell somebody this year, I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. And I'm already testifying that I'm going to have the victory. Pray the Lord. Tell somebody, I'm already testifying that God is going to do something in my life and I'm not giving up on what God has given me. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise. 
The devil is fighting you with everything you got. Amen. All of these problems that are coming in your life is simply the devil trying to steal the ark of God and trying to steal the praise because if the devil can take the praises out of your mouth, he can take the victory out of your house. If the devil can take the praises out of your mouth, he can take the victory out of your body. You can't afford to come in God's house and just sit there anymore. Praise is relevant to your blessing. Praise is relevant to your breakthrough. And because we don't understand the praise of God, we come in time after time. When we go through problems and situations, we sit down and mourn and complain and just look at one another. But you've got to understand the importance of your praise. You've got to set something up for God to get in. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Tell somebody don't let the devil take your praise out of your mouth. Don't let the devil take your song out of your mouth. I've looked throughout time and I've watched saints of God who've been saved five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years that have dried up. You come to church and just sit there. Amen. You come to church and don't do nothing. But don't you let nothing overwhelm you so that it'll steal your joy. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Look at somebody and say don't let nothing take your joy because your victory is in your praise. Can somebody say hallelujah? Somebody say hallelujah. We'll sit down. And I'm watching this trend. We'll sit down and watch the praise team shout. And watch the praise team dance. But we'll sit there. But you want victory. But you don't want to praise the Lord. You want victory. But you don't want to tell him thank you. Amen. God ain't going to sit on nobody's floor. God ain't going to sit on nobody's floor. You got a seat for yourself. You got somewhere for your child. You gotta have a seat for God. Put God a seat to the table. And your praise is a seat for God. Can you say hallelujah? Tell somebody praise him until he sit down. Praise him until his glory come. Praise him until he sit down in your financial condition. Praise him glory to God until your body is healed. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab a hold of somebody's hand and say let's make a seat for him. Let's make a seat for him. Somebody say glory. Hallelujah. Do I have any praisers? Do I have any dancers? Do I have any runners? Do I have any leapers that's getting ready to make a seat for God? Somebody say glory. Oh, hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something with your cute self. When God sit down, you stand up. He's the only one that's supposed to get some praise. He is so good. He's so powerful. I can't do what he do. If he sits, I stand. I want him to know that you're able. You're God. I worship you. I praise you. I don't 
don't care about your knee. I don't care about your cord. Let everything, let everything that have breath shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Let me tell you why God is so adamant about praise and why God becomes so angry when people fail to praise God. Can somebody say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God a praise. Because listen, follow me. Listen, hallelujah. You didn't have nothing to praise God. Man wasn't nothing but dust. Man wasn't nothing but dirt. And the angels and the demons was looking at man after God created him. I could hear Lucifer say, yeah, you got some dirt down there, but it can't praise you. It ain't got nothing to praise you with. It's just laying there. And God breathed into the nostrils and said, I'm going to give him something to praise me with. Now, if you don't have no money to get in the movie, and I give you some money to get in the movie, and you ain't going to use the money I gave you to get in the movie, Give me my movie money back. You didn't have nothing to praise me. And I gave you breath to praise me. Give me my stuff back. Because I didn't give you your breath for you to sit down and cross your legs. I didn't give you your breath for you to think that you're a model. I gave you your breath for you to praise me. And if you ain't going to praise me, give me my breath back. Everybody. Everybody, I don't care about your cute self. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you come from. Everybody in here ought to do something and show the Lord. I'm going to praise you with what you gave. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, name. God didn't give you that breath that sit down there like you're a supermodel. God didn't give you that breath for you to act like you missed the deep. Hallelujah, you men over there, you owe God a praise too. Praise is not a feminine thing. Stop sitting up there like you so macho. When it comes to God, you ain't no macho. You ain't nothing but a dirt pad. You ought to praise. Learn how to shout. Everybody around here ought to give God a praise. Grab a hold of somebody and say, let everything let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab a hold of somebody and say neighbor. After all he brought you through, you ought to praise him. After all you've been through, come on here. You ought to praise him. Look at somebody and say the Lord has done too much for you to just sit there. You ought to praise him. Go and grab somebody else and say neighbor. What you gonna do with your praise? What you gonna do with it? Are you gonna give it to God? Has it been good to you? Has it brought you out? Has he delivered you? Somebody say glory. Hallelujah.
hallelujah. There's a Philistine demon trying to take your praise. There's a demon that's battling with you, trying to take your money, trying to take your house. And many of you have been in a place of defeat. But God said, if you praise me, I'll bring you out of it. Somebody say hallelujah. And what the Lord wants you to know, he wants you to know that he doesn't discriminate against praise. Praise is undiscriminatory. For Bible says, now worship, I can't take it from everybody. Those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So you say, Pastor, I can't praise it because I'm a whore. I can't praise it because I'm a sissy. I can't praise it because I'm a liar. He said, let everything. I want the whole to praise I want the thought to praise I want the liar to praise I want the bulldog to praise I want everything that have breath. Praise the Lord. Pro praises. Rich praises. Praise the praises. Let everything. Can somebody get out of your seat and hug somebody and tell them that includes you. That includes you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. God wants a seat. He wants somewhere to sit down. God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He wants somewhere where he can be comfortable to sit down. Listen, children of God, I'm about to close. The Philistines didn't understand the concept of God. So the Philistines stole, hallelujah, bring it down. They stole the Ark of the Covenant and set the Ark in an inventory because the Philistines had been used, hallelujah, to stealing people's gods. And they had a warehouse that was full of gods. And so the Philistines thought they were big and bad and took the Ark of the Covenant, which had God's seat, and set it in the warehouses of God. And when they came the next morning, he had been sitting in the warehouse of God. They came the next morning in the statue had bowed down to God. Hallelujah. God wasn't even in the seat and the statue bowed down. Somebody say glory. Hallelujah. Woo! Can somebody say thank the Lord? And they set him up the next morning. Amen. And they came back again and he was falling down again. But this time God cut off his neck. God cut off his toes. God cut off his arm. Because God said, if he's in front of me, every knee shall bow. I don't care if it's a statue. If it's in my face, it's got to bow. Somebody say, glory. And then, hallelujah, they didn't know what to do with the ark. Because everybody, all of the Philistines, they end up getting hemorrhoids. Another word from hemorrhoids. Everybody, amen, in the city of the Philistines had 
had hemorrhoids and couldn't sit down. God put hemorrhoids on her because my seat is here. And when my seat is here, ain't nobody sitting. The whole city had hemorrhoids. Oh, glory. Y'all ain't said nothing here. Anybody tried to sit down, the hemorrhoids got them. They had to stand back up. And God said, ain't nobody sitting down till y'all get me out of here. The whole town. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the Bible declares they took the ark from the Philistines, took it to another city. That city got him roids. Took it to another city. And that city got him roids. And finally, they tried to take it to another town. I said, don't bring that thing over here. Y'all send it somewhere else. Because y'all ain't going to get us sick. Somebody said, hallelujah. And they sought for a man of God. And say, what can we do with this ark? He said, I tell y'all what I want you to do. I want y'all to make some little bitty statues. And I want you to take the statues. And I want you to make those statues a sacrifice to God. In other words, I want y'all to make your little gods. And send them over there to me. And let them shout and praise me. And here they walk around here with little toy soldiers. Almost like little toy soldiers. And laying them down and sacrificing them to God. Even the gods to follow. God, they gonna praise me. Everything gonna praise me. Somebody say hallelujah. Don't you let God put something on you where you can't sit down. Don't lose that God make you praise me. I think I'll do it volunteer. Look at somebody say neighbor. He said let everything. Let. Let. Everything. He don't say make y'all some little mices. Woo, shalabasha. Get the Bible, get the Bible, get the Bible. Hold on, my son. Baba Shandarios. God just looking for somebody to give him a seat. They just looking for somebody to praise him. I said he's just looking for somebody to praise him. Oh, Shandabaya. Look at that first Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to get out of here. 5. 5. Five. Stand up with me. Five and eight. First Samuel five and eight. Listen to it. I'm getting ready. We're going into a great praise service. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, let the ark of God of Israel be carried about unto Gad. Take and they carried the ark of God Take it somewhere. Uh -huh. of Israel about thither. And it was so that after they had carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both great and small, 
And they had hemorrhoids. They had, now that's another word for, for hemorrhoids. So every city that the every city that the ark would come, everybody got hemorrhoids. So every city they come in when the when the when the ark come, they was they say, stand up. God said, Y'all gonna stand, you gonna respect me. The whole town, all the men couldn't sit down. The hemorrhoids were so bad. Hallelujah. Every man got it. Don't let God put something on you now. God will make you praise it. The whole town, can you believe a whole town had hemorrhoids? Keep reading, keep reading. And they had hemorrhoids in their secret parts. Uh -huh. Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. They said, look here, get it out of here. Get, get it out. Because all of us got hemorrhoids. Get it out. Read. Uh -huh. And it came to pass. Came to pass. As the ark of God came to Ekron. It came to Ekron. That the Ekronites cried out. Uh -huh. Saying, they have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us. Uh -huh. To slay us and our don't, people. Don't bring this thing over here. Don't bring this thing over here. We're doing fine. Y'all skip our town. Take it somewhere else. We don't want no hemorrhoids over here. Nobody say read. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of the God of Israel. Y'all take this ark where y'all got it from. Because we don't want the hemorrhoids. Read, uh-huh. And let it go again to his own place. Take it back where it belongs. Take it back where the praisers are. Take it back to Israel. They know what to do with it. Read. That it slay us not. I don't want it to kill us. Read. And our people. Yes. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died not were smitten with hemorrhoids. And the city and the cry of the city went up to heaven. God gave them hemorrhoids so bad that it killed them. The hemorrhoids killed them. They were dying of hemorrhoids. Read, uh-huh. Chapter 6. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. It stayed there seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests. They called for the priests. And the diviners, saying, what shall we to do Man, with the ark of the we, Lord? We're tired of our backside hurting. Seven months with hemorrhoids. What we need to do with this thing? Preparation H can't help this. Look what he say, read. Tell us wherewith we shall send it to Where his place. Where are we going to send it to his place? Read. And they said, they said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel. Now God said, if you send it away. Send it, not empty. Don't you send it empty. God wants you to praise him. Y'all send him off with a praise. So he got the Philistines. They don't leave it empty. Read. But in any wise, return him a trespass offering. Now y'all done trespass. Because you done tuck something that don't belong to you. Now you got to pay a trespass offering. Read. Then shall ye be healed, and it shall be known and to you. And then God will heal you, and it'll be known to you. Why his hand is not removed from you. <laughs> then they said, what shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, five golden emeralds. Uh, and now, five I want you to make something the shape of your emeralds. And I want you to make your emeralds out of gold. I want y'all to take the shape of what an emerald look like, what a hemorrhoid look like, and make five of them and give it to the Lord. 
because you've been sitting on your behind. I want you to send it to him and, and offer him, uh, give him a hemorrhoid. Look what happened. Read. And five golden mice. And five golden mice. According to the Lord, the number of the lords of the Philistines. I want you to get a mice according to the lords of the Philistines. Give me that. Give me that. I want you to give me a mice. Give me my concordance. According to the laws of Philistines, uh-huh. For one plague was on you all. And one plague was on you all. And on your lords. And on your lords, uh-huh. Wherefore, ye shall make images of your emeralds. I want you to make images, because y'all in the images. I want you to make images of your emeralds. And images of your mice that mar. And images of your little mice, because I'm going to reduce your lords to little old bitty things. I want y'all to see y'all are small, I'm big. So make y'all some little old mice-sized images and make some emeralds uh -huh. that mar the land. Uh -huh. And ye shall give glory unto the God I want of Israel. You to, I want you to take your little emeralds and make them shout. <laughs> make them give me glory. I want y'all to take those things and give me glory with them. God, God made them take their little false gods and give him glory with them. Made them shout with, made, almost like taking a Ken doll and say praise me. <laughs> Read, uh-huh. Peradventure, yes. he will lighten his hand from off you. And he will lighten his hand from off you. And from off your gods. And from off your gods. And from off your land. And from off your land. You praise him. So having God in your presence and not praising him is dangerous. Some of y'all got physical problems that you're going through now. Your physical problem may be the fact that you're not praising God. You're disrespecting his presence. When judges walk in, people stand up. And there's a penalty to not standing up. When God walks in your presence, praise and worship going on, stand up. And you know what they do? I'm going to give you this. They stand up until the judge sit down. See, God wants that honor. God is in your presence and God is in this place tonight. I want everybody in this condition, everybody in this building, stand to your feet tonight. I want you to get your praise back. Listen to me. Some of you have lost your praise. I want everybody in this building, and I don't want you to just clap and, 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 and hit your hand. I want people dancing, praising, shouting, glorifying God, giving him glory because he is worthy, and make a seat for him tonight. Everybody all over this building, let's go into praise. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in the building. We can't afford to sit out anymore. We can't afford just to sit here anymore. All over the building, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're going through. Everybody in this building, give God praise. I know you got problems in your house. I know you got problems on your job. I know you got problems in your life. But God just want to praise. He wants to praise. He 
wants a hallelujah. He wants to thank you, Jesus. Pick your testimony back up. Get your testimony again. Pick up your testimony of victory. Pick up your testimony of healing. Pick up your testimony of deliverance. Praise him tonight. Praise him tonight. Let the children praise him. Let the adults praise him. Let everything that have breath give God the glory. Go. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand. Tell them I got a testimony. Tell them I got a testimony. Tell somebody I'm not going to give up my testimony. Could you step out of your seat and go find somebody and testify? Go find somebody and testify. We're going to have a quick testimony service here. Find somebody and testify. Find somebody. Testify. 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 I'm going to have some 30-second testimonies. <laughs> 